this is future focused parenting right here. This is taking something that we've never done. I've never done a pandemic. I can just totally admit that. And that was very vulnerable of you to admit that. (laughs) And yet I can apply my why and my values and the other parenting foundations I've laid to this situation. That's what future focused parenting is. It's taking your why, taking your values and going, wow, I've never dealt with this, but I can rest on my why and my values to know what I can bring into the situation. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what helps us not feel like that game of whack-a-mole and like we're always on our heels. It can help us get back to feeling on top of it because the principles still apply, which is what I was saying at the top. That's consistent. The respect, the honoring of different choices, the kindness, the empathy. We bring that even though this situation I've never seen in my life. Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults. Today's episode of Raising Adults is brought to you by Birthful, a podcast created and hosted by advanced birth doula, postpartum educator, and child sleep consultant Adriana Lozada. This podcast provides informative interviews and inspiring birth stories across a wide array of topics, including choosing a doula, mastering breastfeeding, navigating hospitals, infant sleep, and the role of partners. Adriana crafts every episode with an eye for curating information while offering real-world examples, aiming to take some of the anxiety away from a transformational experience that can be both magical and overwhelming. Ultimately, Birthful wants all new and expectant parents to have the empowering births and nourishing postpartum experiences they deserve. Birthful gives listeners tools to inform their intuition. Find it on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and listen to Birthful on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Head to birthful.com for the full Birthful experience. Hello, future-focused parents. Welcome to another episode of Raising Adults brought to you dually from the laundry room and the coat closet. And we are looking forward to sharing with you today, I think, a question that's probably on many parents' minds, and you are going to get to hear from real-world examples and a couple of moms who have this question themselves. That'd be us. Okay. (laughs) So, how are you? (laughs) Spoiler alert. I'm I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay, but today's topic is really real for me. Like re-entry is real. It's been a, it's been interesting, so I'm glad we're going to get to talk about it. How are you? Me too. I'm well, thank you. Cozy as can be and ready to talk about this and not sure I'll have as much to bring to the table, but I have been told possibly otherwise. I mean, before we recorded, even Kira had some questions for me that made me think. So I'm like, well, maybe, maybe with Kira's amazing, I have a question. I will be able to share things that are actually helpful to advance this conversation forward. Who knows? I, ha- I have no doubt that you will. But yes, I guess it's true. You aren't re-entering. You, you, you remain entered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You never left. <laughs> 
<laughs> I never I never left. But still, I have to navigate people who are reentering and want my yeah. kids to do that with grace as well. So that that counts. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the real thing that we need to talk about today is I, I had it, it, this episode stemmed from an experience that that we had recently. And I called Dina and was like, hey, I think we should talk about this because our listeners are all going to be in different arenas around how they navigated COVID. But with the vaccines rolling out and the phases opening up, like we can all agree that things are changing, right? I mean, even families like mine that were completely locked down are coming coming out into the sun, <laughs> huddled and snarled. You're no they... longer a vampire. <laughs> um, so we have to look at that, right? Um, but what happened that was so interesting was that my kids, you know, have been very locked down. Our family has been very locked down. And they had a situation where they as they're trying to navigate, because they're having real reentry stuff, right? It's like how do, they've been scared for a year, and now we sort of don't have to be anymore because everyone in our home is vaccinated. And and teaching them, okay, how do you ask for what you need to feel comfortable, but still be respectful of how other people may have handled this? That's actually like this really fine line. And we had this situation where they were just struggling. I mean, they're nine, right? And they're trying to figure out how do I you know, follow the safety rules that my parents have put out for us as we go into the world. I don't want to lose my freedom again, I think is what they're thinking, right? I, I want to be able to keep being out in the world. And so the way that they handled it, it didn't come out of their mouths perfectly. It came out with some a little bit of fear and a little bit of agitation. And it happened with a, an adult. And I felt like the adult was not very sensitive to why it was coming out that way. And I just thought, it, it would be really helpful if we talk about on both sides, like how what do my kids need from kids that maybe have been more out in the world in terms of being sensitive to what it's like for them to come back in? And then also, what do kids who have been out in the world need my kids to know so that everybody can do this in a way that's supportive and loving and kind and, and as, as best we can free of criticism and judgment on both sides, right? You know, it, it was what it was. We all did what we did for various reasons. And now we have to figure out how to come back together again. And, and how do we do that as kindly and graciously as possible, which is something you and I, you know, talk about all the time outside of this topic. Yeah. And I think that's actually my why, even though I don't think of our family as re-entering in the same way or in the literal sense of that word. My overarching why, as everyone knows, is about character and integrity. And I think children who become adults of character are respectful and honoring of people who do things differently than them, or even in ways they might not agree with. And so I think the whole pandemic has been a really beautiful exercise in practicing that because we have to make space for respect and honoring of choices that might be very different from ours. And I think this piece of it will be similar. So in some ways, it's actually consistent from how we talked about interacting during the pandemic. There's still got to be a lot of respect for doing reentry differently, but also that for some people, it's actual reentry and they have residual fear about that and, and concerns and may have needs and may need to do it in a more gradual stair-stepped approach. And other people are just like, hooray, I can take my mask off, right? They're just like leaping through the streets. Well, that's different. So I think that was really a beautiful segue because to me, this is why we need to have that conversation is how do we maintain and keep consistent that respect and honoring of others' choices that was so important to display while we were really in the throes of this. And then as we emerge, guess what? That part can't 
leave. Right. Exactly. Because the thing is, like, we don't we don't really know why people make the choices that they make. We don't if you know, if we're not in their shoes, we can't really understand. And it's just especially when it comes to our kids, like we can say whatever we want about adults. But this is a parenting podcast like we need to raise our kiddos to be the people who are kind to each other and gentle with each other as we all come back together. Because that's the world I want to live in. I don't, I'm not crazy about the world we're in right now, to be totally honest with you. That's fair. Yeah. And I, I don't think anybody is, right? And so I think that we have an opportunity to really help our kids experience empathy and kindness and, you know, a little bit of critical thinking as well. Like, you know, really trying to understand, okay, th- that family did it differently to me. Why? You know, what was going on for that family that looks different than my family? We did a lot of talking about that. You know, our family was in a rather unique situation having a high risk individual in our house. That's not the same as everyone else. And so a lot of our conversations were around that. Like, you know, guys, what you're seeing, it's those families are different. They have a different situation. And so we don't, we can't look at them and be mad at them or angry at them. They're in a completely different boat than we are. And so we need to understand our, our situation and be okay with our situation and also, you know, be respectful of the choices other people are making. So I think we need to do that with reentry too. And I will say just for people that maybe aren't having reentry, it's like an actual psychological thing. I mean, it it is bizarre to go from living in a state of fear to having to start to unravel that when you've been thinking one way for so long and you've developed habits and patterns around that way of thinking, and then you don't have to do that anymore. It's very challenging to kind of get your brain to just overnight make those changes. Um, I mean, if you think about just the little things you do that have nothing to do with the pandemic, but little habits that you have, you know, what you do in the morning or what you do in the shower or whatever. And if you just overnight suddenly didn't have to do it that way anymore and were actually didn't want to and, and had to make that change, you'd find that that was hard for your brain to calibrate. And so that's, I think, what people who have reentry issues are dealing with is that their brain hasn't fully recalibrated yet. And some patience with us <laughs> would be really appreciated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Well, and I think you've hit on something that I hadn't even thought about until just now, which is that there's really there really does have to be sensitivity on both sides. I was thinking, you know, this is so much more challenging for people who are actually re-entering. And then what I was realizing is there's some real challenges mm-hmm. for how to adjust for the people who have been in the world. So here, here's what I mean by that. I was thinking about some of the things that have been in place that are starting to go away and that only the people who've been out in the world have seen those. And so some people are going to reemerge into a store that doesn't have decals every six feet or doesn't have all the plastic shields and never have known what it was like to go out and feel like you were in a zombie apocalypse. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> and I know this happened to me just the other day. I went to the bank and there weren't plastic full length, six feet tall shields between the ATMs. And it really, I was really happy. I thought, it's a sign. And, but I was just thinking how interesting that some people will have never seen the progression of that going away. And the little collective sigh of relief that's happened for people who have been in the world with it looking so different. And then it's starting to look a little bit like it did a year Mm -hmm. and a half ago, just Mm -hmm. in little teeny ways. 
And those who have been in and locked down have never even seen that. And so we're all dealing with like those little, those little tastes of joy, like things are happening. It's progress. Not to say that's hard. That's actually really happy, but it just, I had never thought about that. There's going to be some kind of trauma those right? families have never seen. And it still was traumatic to be in the world and have Absolutely. it look so different too. Is that making any sense? Oh my gosh, it makes perfect sense. This is what I'm saying. It's like everyone had their own version of trauma. And even people who moved through the world as if, you know, really nothing was going on had those experiences of seeing things that told them it was that something was going on. So how do we be sensitive to each other and and especially our kids? So they're, you know, my kids are going back to school and they're going to be with a bunch of classmates of different experiences. And so different levels of comfort with masking, different le- like they they did a little bridge week where they got to like practice going to school and learn all the new rules of school. And one of the things they got to practice was how do you ask someone to put put their mask on or pull their mask up if you're uncomfortable. And I love that they gave them an opportunity to practice that. But, you know, that's a great example. Some kids aren't going to be uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. some kids like mine are going to be very uncomfortable. And so we've got to just have a lot of patience for each other and teach some really good communication skills. Like I was saying to my kids, you know, even if you're scared, you need to find a way to express your fear in a loving and kind way. It can't be accusatory. It can't be demanding. Let them know, hey, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. Would you please pull your mask up, right? If you can do it in that way, then you're not sending a negative message. You're talking about how you feel, like what's your experience of the situation. And then in reverse, I would want like Mark and Sienna as an example, although obviously the age gap there. But, you know, if, if my kids couldn't pull it together to say nicely, hey, you know, Mark, <laughs> although I know Mark would be massive. This is a terrible yeah. example, but you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, Mark, that's making me uncomfortable. Would you pull your mask up? You have to imagine from a nine-year-old, they're like, mask, down, scary, bad, right? Like that's what's happening inside of these kids and it might come out wrong. So I would want Mark, who I know would be, again, terrible example, but Mark to have some patience for in the conversations for you as the parent to have with your kids would be, you're going to see some kids that might be extra fearful or might really not know how to ask for that because they're so scared that their brains can't keep up with their feelings. So can we make sure that we're being really patient with the kids that seem fearful, even though we are not fearful, right? Those are the conversations that need to happen on both sides. Hey, Raising Adults listeners and future-focused parents, our valuable FFPs, we just wanted to talk to you for a moment about our membership program. And we love having our listeners join membership and just really join the FFP family. We love having you be a part of this in a more involved way. And so we just want to highlight the three levels of membership. The first is only $5 a month, literally the cost of a nice cup of coffee. And it's really just your way of kind of giving us a tip, like you would tip your barista or your server. If the podcast content has been helpful to you and you would like to just say a thank you, it's just $5 a month, super accessible. And it does get you some things. Don't worry. You're not just giving us a tip and not getting anything. It makes you eligible for on-air coaching calls. You get that calendar of character traits that we've talked so much about and can really help you build your family's value list. You also get half off all digital resources. And we'll, of course, shout you out on the podcast. If you'd like to go up a level at the $10 a month level, you get all the things I just described, but you also have access to Future Focused in Five, which is an amazing video and audio library of quick 
short, accessible parenting topics. We cover a topic and give you some strategic tips in five minutes or less, and you can access those by video, but we know your podcast listeners. So if you prefer to listen, there's an audio version as well. Then in that final tier, which is $20 a month, you get access to us. You get a monthly call with Q&A with Dina and I to ask any parenting questions that have come up that month. You get to connect with other FFPs in a private Facebook group, and you get access to all of our online content, all of our digital resources totally for free. So if you've been interested in any of those, this is a great way to get in. So do check out all the different membership tiers that are available to you. We'd love to have you be a part of the FFP family. You can join us by going to futurefocusedparenting.com and click on the membership tab. We really hope you'll join us soon. I think you've moved into the first practical tip because that's really practical to let kids practice not only what they're going to be faced with, you might come into contact with children who feel less or more nervous than you do, but also how do we speak to them? And then when it maybe goes awry and we don't speak that way, what is the response you'd want on the other side? So I think that is the first practical tip. You've got to be talking about those things. And this has been really interesting for me because, and I think this happens for everyone on their parenting journey at some point, but I actually even did this a little different from my own kids. So we've had to have conversations about what's comfortable and what isn't for each of us. And so I think family, again, we I know we've said this several times over the years, but family is the best and safest place to practice this stuff. And so if you are comfortable with role-playing or even if you're not, learning to ask what you need from your own family members can feel a lot less intimidating. So I would encourage families to be modeling that, but also rehearsing it because until they're faced with a situation like your two actually in school, it's a little bit foreign to even have to have that conversation. So getting to practice with people who love you and will be super patient with you if you don't get it right or your tone isn't great is such a great place to start. Yeah. And, and and that's both sides, right? So if you're a family that's maybe been much more comfortably out in the world, you know, practice a scenario where a kid like mine gets a little bit freaked out and controlling. And how do you want your kids to experience that? Notice what they're seeing. Recognize, you know, that might not be about me. That might be about what's going on for this kid. What would I want you to say in that situation? And vice versa, right? How do I, you know, I'd be practicing with my kids. How do you ask kindly? And, you know, all, all the things I've already said. Both sides can be doing this. And isn't it interesting, Dina, <laughs> how we say all the time that it looks the same on both sides, like yeah. the the parenting responsibility, right? It's just like with you and I, oftentimes our whys are different, but our hows look the same. This is a great example of that. The yeah. why, you know, of, of the choices we made during the pandemic are totally different. You and I too. I mean, completely different. Mm -hmm. And yet I hear, I will say, I want to give a shout out to my co-host. Okay. I'm going to get teary, but I like for, I don't know what it's like on your end, Dina. I can only speak to my end. I have relationships that will never heal from this. People who just couldn't couldn't get there, couldn't understand our situation and why we were making the choices we were and the feelings that came up for us and, and all of that. And Dina was always someone who did and always made me feel comfortable, always made me feel safe, even though you navigated it differently than I did. When we were together, you were always so willing to show up for me. And you know what, listeners? Like, that's the point here. 
It doesn't matter how we did this. It matters how we show up for each other. And just like everything we talk about and the places where you and I are different, it's not about the difference. It's about how we engage with the difference. How do we treat each other with the difference? And we had a listener who said, and I love this, that, that Dina and I agree on how we treat each other. Like it's one, it's one of the places where we're not different. We mm-hmm. may come from totally different angles, but we are absolutely in agreement about how do we treat each other? Not just Dina and I, but how do we treat other people? And I think that that's, that's the key here, right? Is like looking at how do we make sure that our kids are engaging and trying to understand that you can do something differently and still be loving and supportive of what's happening for your friend. Well, thank you for saying that. And I agree. I think it's so true. And I think another principle applies here. And it's one we've talked about in our family because we have moved through the world even during this time and and not everybody has is it reminds me, I think it was a story you shared about deciding about whether one of your children would wear a life jacket, but it was this principle Mm -hmm. of whichever parent was least comfortable wins. Yeah. Whoever's most nervous wins. Yes. Yes. And I think that's been really helpful in this time because even and it's funny because I think we talked about a long time ago, part of why I'm not nervous is because I'm nervous. <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I have to I have to try to do my life or I'll get too anxious and it won't be pretty. But the the thing there is is if somebody is more uncomfortable than you, your child, a classmate, etc., how can we raise adults who defer to that and say, you know, I know what it's like to feel uncomfortable. I would want grace and support and validity for that feeling and then to offer that to that person. I think that's such an important overarching principle. And and even though that was just a, a really anecdotal story, I think the principle underneath the life jacket story really works here. Mm-hmm. And I think as parents are practicing these conversations, as all of our kids, teens, little ones move out into the world coming from all these different experiences, that can be helpful too. Yes, we've got to talk about both sides, but I think if if we're going to pick one to err on, that's a really safe one to err on. Let the person who's most uncomfortable win. Yeah, because either way, you'll be comfortable. Yes. And, the, and you have an opportunity to also make it comfortable for someone else. You know, every time we got together, Dina, every time, you know, like, um, would you like me to wear my mask? Is this far enough away for you? Are you feeling comfortable right now? I mean, those are just tiny little things, but we just had people who couldn't do that. And you really figure out, you know, like who's going to show up? <laughs> yes. Who's going to show up for you when you're down and dark and scared? You know, things like this really bring that to light, don't they? They make those things evident. Yeah, definitely. So I think I think it's important, you know, on on both sides that that conversation is really about how do we understand what was happening for the other person during this time? How do we understand what you might be seeing them do as a result of what was happening for them at this time? And how do we communicate with that person who did it differently than us in a way that allows us to really meet our own needs but is also cognizant of theirs? And, and and teach those skills. Our kids are not going to get this perfectly. They're not. And that's okay. But if we're having those conversations, you guys, we're setting them up for a much bigger, lifelong, beautiful thing that I think, Dina, you and I do really well and that we get comments on all the time from listeners. This is how you do that. 
Take this big life situation, use it as an opportunity to teach empathy, to teach kindness, you know, to teach the principle of how can I make someone uncomfortable more comfortable? And that might be in reverse. You know, that might be what what are my there might be a situation where my kids aren't the ones that have that are uncomfortable, where actually they're making someone else feel comfortable and they would feel okay. And how do we do that? I mean, this is both sides, the exact same how, just different perspectives of that how. Yeah, and it might even go sometimes one step further to where in order to make someone feel comfortable, I need to feel a little uncomfortable. And I actually think that's a good lesson too. There are times when a little miniature self-sacrifice, because to me, I mean, a mask seems tiny, like it's a tiny thing to a tiny price to pay to help someone feel comfortable. But some people are really uncomfortable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with masks or with staying away from people or they've you know been starved for physical contact or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But I think that's actually a great life skill to have too, that sometimes I can put aside my own comfort and elevate the comfort of someone else. I can allow mine to drop down and raise someone else up. Now, should we do that all the time and for everything? No, we'll be all become doormats. It's okay to ask for your needs to be met and, and to ask for things that make you comfortable. But I think this has been such a good exercise in a really small yet practical way to practice some self-sacrifice, if that makes sense. It's like That seems like too strong of a word, but yeah, I think you know what I mean. I know Just, exactly what you mean. How do we give a little? Yeah, we give a little. Thank you. So that's that, much better. You know, so that and that's a wonderful life skill because honestly, that's what friendship is. Sometimes yes. I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day. It's like sometimes I'm going to take more from the friendship. Sometimes I'm going to give more to the friendship. That's what that looks like. And so, how do we teach our kids? It's okay to give a little sometimes if that's going to help your friend feel better. Yeah. And then I think, you know, the the final thing that we need to talk about is just the putting aside the interactions between the kids. But how do we support kids that are reentering as their parents? Right. So not kid to kid, but like as I watch my kids reenter <laughs> and they're unpacking and, you know, you've got kids, little kids, right, that like don't remember a life before the pandemic. You've got older kids that do remember a life before the pandemic and and how are we kind of helping them? And I think it comes right, right back to those three ends every step of the way. We have to help them name what's happening for them. Like, wow, I think maybe you're struggling with reentry. That makes sense to me. I am too. You know, this is really hard. And it stinks that like the grownups don't even really know how to do this. I think that's one of the challenges of the pandemic. It's not like, Dina, you and I have ever done a pandemic before. So, you know, walking our kids through that, it's not the same as like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was a kid. Nope, never done it before. Allowing all of us to sit in that and, and the discomfort of that and go, we've never done this before. So you know what? The feelings that are coming up, they're probably really valid and they're probably really normal. And this might take some time and that's okay. Please, parents, be patient with your children. Even kids that have been out in the world, if they have not been at school and they're suddenly at school and there's all these rules and school looks totally different than it did before, you guys, they're going to have some feels about that. So we have to be slow and patient and loving and brace ourselves. And I know none of us have anything left. Like my tank is empty, but they are going to need us more than they've needed us probably this whole year to help them start to bridge this gap and come back into the world, whatever you've been doing. The feels are going to be real, I think, for for almost every kid. Absolutely. And I think to just bring that home, two little practical things. One is tiny and one is big, guys. The 
tiny practical thing is when those interactions are hard, if they are with peers or classmates for the first time in a long time, and there is something tricky, or they really don't understand, and maybe even are frustrated, like, I just don't even get how they could feel that way about this. One thing that we've encouraged is bring those things home to me. That's a way that I've been able to help parent through this is when you have a frustration, it is so hard for kids to like hold their ish together and yeah. try to have a meaningful interaction, but we can be the safe place to fall. So when something doesn't make sense or we're frustrated or somebody did make us uncomfortable, I want my kids to know, bring that home to me. We can talk about it. You can tell me you're frustrated and annoyed and I can take it. And and trying to save that from happening and leaking out onto the person in the moment. That has been really helpful. Like home is a safe place where we can go, I don't get it. I'm confused. This is hard. So I think that's another way to kind of parent through it that's, that seems smaller. And then the bigger thing I wanted to say, which I think is a really helpful wrap up, is this is future focused parenting right here. Yep. This is taking something that we've never done. I've never done a pandemic. I can just totally admit that. <laughs> and that was and very yet, vulnerable of you yes, to admit that. <laughs> and yet I can apply my why and my values and the other parenting foundations I've laid to this situation. That's what future focused parenting is. It's taking your why, taking your values and going, wow, I've never dealt with this, but I can rest on my why and my values to know what I can bring into the situation. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what helps us not feel like that game of whack-a-mole and like we're always on our heels. It can help us get back to feeling on top of it because the principles still apply, which is what I was saying at the top. That's consistent. The respect, the honoring of different choices, the kindness, the empathy. We bring that even though this situation I've never seen in my life. Yep. That and is that's so well said. FFP. I love that. It's so well said. And here's the thing. I would challenge every single listener. I bet all of you on your value sheet, whether you've got a list or an internal thought process or whatever it is, I bet all of you value kindness, compassion, right? And empathy. So we have an opportunity here to show up for those values and for each other. Let's do it, shall we? Let's. <laughs> let's, let's do that. Thank you all for listening in on this. And I'm guessing it's swirling around for a lot of you who maybe are just back into school or heading back to school is coming up for you in the next few days or weeks, or you're just starting to move through the world again or go to the store or go in a restaurant and order your takeout rather than buy app. I mean, whatever it might be, this is a question for a lot of us. And even for those of us who've been in the world, how do I really love my neighbor well? How do I be a good member of my community? And how do I deal with the slow removal of all of these strange parameters that were in place that I saw and maybe some people didn't? So this is an important one. And I really hope you'll share this episode if you think it might be helpful to a friend of yours, a family member, just another parent you know that might be dealing with some of these same questions so that they can be practicing with their children and moving forward on that path to raising adults who move through the world with empathy and kindness in situations that truly are unprecedented as much as I am so tired of that word. <laughs> in these unprecedented right. times. <laughs> can we go back to the precedented times, Kira? That's what I want to know. So thank you for being with us. We look forward to being back with you with more content next week and just really wish you a beautiful week filled with lots of practice for how to love each other well during a difficult season that continues to be difficult even as we reenter. 
Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in Kira's laundry room and partially in my coat closet. Editing by Allison Preisinger. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening.